0: And allow me to offer you a Christmas morning reflection. As a church, as we've been preparing for this morning, we've been looking at a variety of symbols that we associate with our celebration of Christmas. We've explored what God has to teach us through our lights in the darkness, through the example of St. Nicholas, and through the objects of the swaddling claws, the Magi's gifts, And the manger. But there is one obvious image that we have not yet touched on the Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches! Your bough's so green in summertime. Stay bravely green in wintertime. Oh, tenenbaum, oh, Christmas tree. How lovely are your branches. For many of us, it's the putting up of our Christmas tree that actually marks the beginning of our holiday celebrations. And the season ends not tonight at midnight, but actually it ends when our tree makes its journey from our living room to the, the curb or the woodpile. Why is that? Why is this symbol so central to our holiday? We don't see a decorated tree anywhere in the Christmas narrative, but like Charlie Brown, we are somehow convinced that these little evergreens are wrapped up into what Christmas is all about. You see, the origin of the Christmas tree, it lies not in... Teutonic paganism, but in the worship of the church. You see, in medieval times, largely illiterate populations were trained in the ways of God. They were taught the stories of Scripture through art and plays and special rhythms and rituals of worship. It was common in those days to teach the true meaning of Christmas through two back-to-back celebrations. On Christmas Eve, the church would celebrate the feast of Adam and Eve. And on Christmas Day, they would throw another, a bigger party to commemorate Jesus' birth, the one whom Scripture calls the second Adam. And the Christmas tree, it originates from that first celebration. It is the central prop of, In the Feast of Adam and Eve, it is the key picture that tells the story of humanity's fall from grace. You see, on Christmas Eve, a tree would be cut down outside the village and an actor would parade it through the streets, dragging it to the town's central square, And there it would be put up and and decorated with red apples. The actor represented Adam, the forefather of humanity. And the tree was the so-called paradise tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil spoken of in Genesis 2 verse 9. The tree from which Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in an effort to become like God, apart from God. You see, that first tree, the paradise tree, it spoke of the breaking of the world, of the vandalism of God's good and beautiful creation. And it was through that first act of rebellion that we separated ourselves from God's holy presence. Thinking we knew better about life and flourishing than God, We cut ourselves off from the only thing that would allow us to thrive. A right relationship with our God who loved us. You see, the tree begins its life as a sad reminder of our predicament. But as Christmas Eve passes and Christmas Day dawns, the tree transforms well, what has changed? Well, the Christ child is born. The second Adam has come and it's a fresh start for humanity. The beginning of new creation. The paradise tree, this leftover decoration from the previous day's lesson is suddenly and unexpectedly adorned with surprising decorations. Decorations. In addition to the apples, round wafers of white pastry are hung in its branches. The tree sprouts paper flowers. Small beeswax candles burn in holders clipped to its boughs. And what was once stark becomes festive. And bountiful. They would fill these trees with gingerbreads and sugar cookies and all varieties of fruit, dried and fresh. There'd be nuts and popcorn and pretzels. The tree would be bedecked with holly and ivy and tinsel and stuffed in various places with little gifts for children. It had become a different tree entirely. No longer do we see the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree that points to humanity's downfall. On Christmas, that tree is transfigured into the tree of life. Remember of what we hear tell in Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. When we see the renewal of all things and God's heavenly city come down to rest upon the earth, the evangelist tells us, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Forever and ever. You see back in the day. The unveiling of the Christmas tree. It was supposed to be enchanting. It was designed to evoke astonishment and wonder. Particularly in children. Here was life sprouting where you would not expect it. It was this serendipitous outbreak of joy and delight and renewal. It proclaims good news of great joy that will be for all peoples. God is providing nourishment for his earthly children. He's blessing them with sweet and beautiful experiences, unforeseen and undeserved gifts. Light and life are breaking out, which the darkness cannot quench. Yet this Christmas symbol provides a profound teaching moment. Because you can't get directly to that tree overflowing with life. You see, you first have to deal with the crisis the paradise tree, the first tree, presents us with. That crisis Must first be resolved, and what is required to get from one tree to the other was actually another tree. Another tree had to be dragged through the streets of a city, it had to be borne by a man. By a new representative of humanity. One who proved worthy and faithful and faultless. That other tree too, it had to be erected. It had to be put on display for every eye to see. And it was not a barren tree, but a decorated one upon it hung the gift of heaven, that glorious ornament, God's own Son, our Savior. Historically, the first decorations, in addition to apples, which were left over from the Feast of Adam and Eve, the first decorations that we hear appearing on Christmas trees were those round white discs of pastry, they were meant to look like communion wafers. For they were assigned to children of what it was required, what was required to get us from that first tree to that second tree, which is namely, what does that communion wafer represent? The body of Christ broken and given for you. To gain access to the tree of life, the tree of the cross was required. That is why a child is born to us in Bethlehem. That is why God became flesh and dwelled among us. Humanity needed a new representative a second Adam to secure our future and to restore us back to God. And there was only one way that he could accomplish that salvation. He needed to give his life for us on a tree. So as you look at your beautiful Christmas tree this morning, bedecked in lights, hung with ornaments. The early church wants you to see not one tree, but three. When you look at your Christmas tree, you should be thinking and seeing the paradise tree with its forbidden fruit. And remember that we were a people under wrath. We were barreling towards a destruction of our own making. Remember as well the cross. The tree that was required to save us. A gift so costly and rich with love. For why? For this reason. Because greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. And finally, as you look at your Christmas tree, remember the tree of our future destiny, the tree of life that has promised been promised to us. Whose abundance will nourish us, whose shade will comfort us, whose leaves will be for healing. On this day, That we commemorate Jesus' birth. We put up Christmas trees. To remember. Those three trees. And we praise God. For his incredible grace. Oh. Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. Don't only think of a beautiful tree. Don't only think of your decorated Christmas tree, that echo of the tree of life. Remember our Savior who loved us so much that he hung on those lovely branches to save us. And for that, we say thank you. And for that, we say happy birthday, Jesus. Thank you for coming to love us, to give yourself for us. And to rescue us forever. Amen. Merry Christmas guys. Have a blessed celebration. On this holy day. And be filled with love. And joy. And peace. And hope. Because Jesus has come. And he will come again. God bless and we will see you. On January 1st in 2023.